who set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me, but... He said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hold on. It's a casual expression. We hear it a lot. Yes, I'll transfer you. Hold on. Are you ready to go yet? Almost. Hold on. Used in this way, hold on means wait a minute or slow down. But hold on also has a very different meaning. It can mean to grasp with urgency, like a parent to the child on their lap at the crest of a sledding hill. Hold on. The master trapeze artist teaching a new routine to the aerial apprentice. Hold on. The emergency responder hurling a life ring to a stranded swimmer. Hold on. In these situations, holding on is critical. Holding on can't wait. And in our text today, Jesus is holding on to his calling in this second way, the urgent way. The text says he's set his face toward Jerusalem resolute in bringing his message of the kingdom of God into hostile political territory, in all likelihood raising tensions and bringing his life to its inevitable tragic climax. To Jesus, this outcome is already in motion, and he's entirely committed to holding on to his calling and to his destiny. But his disciples and some others that he meets along the road want Jesus to hold on in the first way that I mentioned. They want him to slow down, to wait a bit. Will they call down fire on the locals and take care of their important family obligations? We'll be right behind you, Jesus. Just hold on a minute. But Jesus knows his calling can't wait. 
It's now or never. He compares it to riding a plow that's already in motion. If the farmer slows down or stops, the weight of the plow sinks into the loose earth and gets stuck. No, Jesus says, once a plow or a calling or a destiny is in motion, all you can do is set your face in that direction, keep the thing on course, and hold on. Erin Swenson is a pastoral counselor, and she chronicles her experience coming out as a transgender pastor in 1995. She remembers, somehow my shaking fingers kept pushing the buttons on the phone. All I could think as a voice answered was, God help me. Hello? I said, this is Eric Swenson. Is Reverend Green there? Maybe there was still a chance that I could leave a message. This is Lloyd Green, came the reply. My heart sank. I had no choice but to go forward. I'm calling you in your capacity as chair of the Committee on Ministry, the committee that oversees Presbyterian pastors. I'm wondering how to go about a name change. I hoped the quaver in my voice wasn't noticeable. All you need to do is write a letter to the committee and tell us what you want to change your name to. It sounded easy enough. I hoped that would be the end of the conversation, but instead he continued, what do you want to change your name to? Hesitantly, I answered, Aaron, Katrina, Swenson, Aaron, with an E, <coughs> a long silence. At last, Green said, why do you want to change your name to that? I took a deep breath. I'm in the process of changing my gender expression from masculine to feminine. I thought that would be a more appropriate name. There would be no turning back. Over the next year, Swenson spent a lot of time explaining herself over and over, fielding at times hostile and invasive lines of questioning from church people who thought she should give up her ordination. She knew she could continue her counseling practice without being ordained, but she needed her credentials insurance plan in order to care for her daughter with special needs. Apart from the insurance problem, though, she was exhausted from defending herself and ready to let go of her call. But then one day, an elderly stranger named Ida reached out to her. Ida had been raised in a Southern Baptist church, but she discontinued her church going when she transitioned. After her husband's death, she found herself walking through the doors of a nearby Presbyterian church. She found community there. Swenson remembered, I expressed delight at our first meeting to find a Presbyterian in the same boat as me, but her face turned glum and she turned away. I've never actually joined the church, Ida said. 
tears formed in the corner of her eyes. I could never join the church because I'm transgender. No one there knows about me. I didn't think God wanted me in the church. That's why your story was so amazing to me. Swenson writes, at that moment, questions about insurance and discrete transitions faded. Jesus was sitting with me at a greasy spoon in midtown Atlanta in the form of an aged transgender woman. He was calling me to a place I'd never considered and, to be honest, a place I really didn't want to go. But the church I loved had to be set free. Ida and everyone like her needed to experience the church's embrace. So a couple weeks later, when I received a call from the Committee on Ministry asking if we could find a way to cover insurance for your daughter, would you consider resigning your ordination? My answer was clear. No. I had a call to the ministry, and I had no choice but to follow, and I was no longer alone. I think Aaron Swenson is all of us at one point or another. It's scary to share our full selves with the world. It's exhausting to explain things that matter to us to people who don't want to understand. Shrinking back and waiting things out feels easier. And sometimes waiting for a season is wise, but long-term suppressing our truest selves and our deepest callings crushes our spirits. We need to be set free we need an encounter with Jesus who shows up like Ida did to stir our courage and calm our fears. Hold on, Jesus says, but in my way. To that whisper of the Holy Spirit ever calling you to the fullness of who you are, hold on. To those sacred pursuits that enliven your purpose in the world, hold on. Hold on to the dreams that are worthy of the hardships they bring. Hold on to the convictions that temper the pain you'll bear. There's life and joy and liberation in the world that spring forth even out of death. And this celestial realm is always on the move. So when it comes near, don't wait. Reach out and hold on to it like I did. In the summer of 1998, I wandered into a movie called The Truman Show. And then I saw it again and again and again. It's the story of Truman Burbank a 30-something insurance salesman who, from infancy, has been the star of a 24-7 reality TV program produced on a domed 
city-sized studio lot, and everyone's in on it but him. Truman's reasonably comfortable and happy life begins to be disrupted by signs that something's not quite right. He becomes increasingly aware that his family and friends seem set on keeping him in place, restricting him from following his dreams. Everyone in his world makes endless excuses for why he can't or shouldn't ever think of leaving town to see the world, particularly by way of the body of water that surrounds his fake island community. But then, one night, he manages to escape his house without detection, triggering a studio-wide manhunt, until his control room captors locate him sailing a small boat across the in-studio sea, heading toward what he still doesn't know is the end of his world. The control room generates a storm, hoping he'll turn back before reaching the studio wall, but no, Truman is resolved. The other side of those waters call out to him, and he set his face toward them. The storm escalates, an enormous wave capsizes his boat, but before dealing a final deadly blow, the show's creator has compassion and relents. He sees that Truman's drive to be free is stronger than his fear, stronger than his pain, stronger than his hardship. Getting unstuck is worth losing everything to him, even in the face of death itself. It would be another 15 years before I would fully understand my kinship with Truman why his story sang to my soul. By then I was 33, gay, mostly closeted, married to the mother of our five-year-old son, working in a congregation that wouldn't affirm my identity if I ever chose to share that with them. I thought for years Jesus wanted me to hold on in the waiting sense to tough things out, to tolerate the despair, to take up my cross and suffer like he did for years and years and years. But then one day it dawned on me, Jesus didn't suffer for years and years and years, only for one day when he suffered unto death, not for hiding who he was, but for living it out in full public view. And then it was finished. Jesus was raised to new life. I needed it to be finished, too. I needed to be raised to, to, to new life. For almost two decades, the obvious reality of who I am had been a plow, stuck and languishing in fertile earth. I'd held off long enough. So I set my face in the direction of what I knew I had to do, and for the first time, I put a hand 
to the plow of my truest self? I listened to Jesus at last. I stopped waiting, and I held on. Friends in Christ, may God grant us courage to set our faces toward the things that matter most to us in this life. May we continually put aside what we are not and hold fast to all God is creating us to be in Christ. For this is life in the kingdom of God, that divine realm of justice, peace, and joy ever aloft on the winds of God's spirit and thus ever on the move. When it comes near, don't wait. Jesus beckons. Reach out a hand. Hold on. And never turn back. Amen.